well, I finally have a female on the podcast yes. after uh, our Twitter beef. Yeah, Twitter no. beef, and I got some <laughs> abuse online, and my mom may have also stepped in and said, "It's time to have a female." I was like, "All right, fine." Good, um, honored to be the first. Yeah, but thanks for coming. <laughs> thanks for doing this. Yeah. Um, let's start by this. Just tell us kind of generally what you, what area you specialize in and what field in sports science you work in. Sure, yeah. I'm doing uh, research on early specialization is kind of my passion. Mm. Um, so that's looking at children's sport participation and kind of what are the negatives and positives and, and what are they kind of doing in sport. Right. It's like um, like the benefits and dangers of specialization compared to uh diversifying right or maybe yeah, multi-sport yeah it's right. got different names sampling multi-sport participation mm-hmm. um there's no kind of clear definition right. but just yeah the opposite true um so like what is specialization for people listening who may not know what what that is like w- of course we have an idea of uh oh specialization is you only play one sport and that's it but yeah is there more to it there's definitely more to it um there's not really a consistent definition of early specialization mm-hmm. kind of depends on basically what research study you're looking at. The kind of more consensus definition is more than eight months of year at the exclusion of other sports and participating in only one, focusing all your energy. Like for the most part of the year, you're only playing playing one one sport. sport. Yeah. For the majority of the year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're you're focusing on one sport and lots of them include the definition of exclusion of other sports. So you not only are only playing one, but you've decided to not play other sports intentionally. So like, why is this area so controversial? Like, why is there so much beef going on? around specialization so i can't really answer the why but Mm -hmm. for some reason people have just kind of latched on to this idea that early specialization is a terrible thing for children and should be avoided at all costs um and kind of the issue around that is people don't even know what early specialization is like i I gave one of the definitions you know eight months per year but if you're talking to like parents they're just like oh my kid just can't play one sport they have to play more than one sport and it's so much more nuanced and complicated than that right so it's not that um, early specialization is bad or not. Like it's not like we know that for sure just yet. But not really. It's just that no. We can't say like if I play one sport only, but I only play like pickup soccer. Yeah. Am I specializing? No. But if one right. another kid is playing eight months a year training every day, right. He is specializing. Yeah. Right. You would you would argue that. Um, Lots of the current research out there doesn't really make that differentiation, yeah. which is a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't look at, you know, intensity of training or just sheer volume of training. Um, and I think that's kind of what's inferred in what's wrong with early specialization is that you're training too much. And mm-hmm. so you're at risk of injury or burnout or dropout. Um, but when you actually look at how people are measuring early specialization, very few definitions actually look at the intensity or just sheer volume of training. So like you said, you have kids who are participating, you know, recreationally in soccer two times a week, being classified as early specializers, the same as a kid who's training, you know, 10 hours a week in the same right. sport. So. Right. So the problem happens is when when they're conducting those studies and they lump everyone together right? and they don't make that differentiation between the different types of yeah participation right but then right. we go ahead and we interpret our findings to people yep. and then people take it uh, you know as if every every kid who's specializing in sport is gonna have uh, you know injuries or gonna yep. burn out or exactly and i think the media especially is kind of latched on to this idea that early specialization is just mm-hmm. awful for you and they've relayed that message to parents and so I think of like I play on a women's basketball league, so lots of the people are parents, and they'll they'll find out what I do, and they'll be like, "Oh, that's great! I heard early specialization is so bad, so I have my kid in you know five different sports," right. and it's really hard. I don't want to get into it with them, obviously. Right, so right. I'm like, "Oh, that's good," 
But part of me is thinking, why is playing five sports at a high intensity any better than playing one sport at a high intensity? Right. So because so. it's not like they're putting their kids in uh, multiple sports, but they're also telling them like, hey, have fun and enjoy it. It's like, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're going to be you elite. five sports so that yeah. out of the five, maybe you'll make it in one. Exactly. And so what's the point really? Exactly. And I think it's, if not just as harmful, more harmful, who knows, right. to be doing that, especially when we don't really understand which aspects of early specialization are the problem. Mm-hmm. And then, so I think we've kind of swung too far where they, a few studies said, you know, early specialization leads to injury and it could lead to burnout and dropout. And then people latched onto that and they went, okay, so if I don't want that to happen to my child, I just have to put them in as many sports as they possibly can and completely miss the mark. Right. Okay. Well, let's unpack a little bit like what, what kind of, um, uh, harmful aspects there are to early specialization. So, for example, injuries, right? Yep. It's been There's been quite a few studies showing that early specialization can lead to injuries, right? Right, yeah. Right. So this would be overuse injuries. It, mm-hmm. It's not necessarily um, like accidental injuries. People yeah. have injuries all the time. This is overuse injuries. So they're saying that you're overworking certain joints or muscles, and then that's causing the injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you could argue that's volume and intensity of training, not necessarily early specialization. That's just doing something too much. And I, um, my dad is a high-level coach. He He's coached a, a women's uh, Olympic volleyball team. And so we've had discussions not about this deal. many a time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so he, he's, he argues that um, like those overuse injuries, that's not early specialization. That's just poor training. Mm. And, and that um, it's, if you have a good coach who kind of understands the human body and understands things like that, you can easily train five times a week without causing overuse injuries. And it's, it's strictly just kind of like training properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's an argument for that. Like the, the injury argument, I kind of get both sides of it a little bit because if you're not increasing your range of motion, you're not exercising and, and putting to use multiple joints and, and parts of your body, yeah. then I guess that stress will be concentrated on one part and then over time that will that will hurt it. Yeah. Um, but then the question is, is that a is that the fault of only playing one sport or is that because you're training in Too that much. one sport in a, diff- in, a, in a wrong way? Right, right. exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely more complicated than just saying... You only play one sport, therefore you're gonna get injured. And, yeah. Right. Uh, what other like psychological impacts does early specialization have? And I'm only bringing up uh, these these kind of uh, harmful consequences because there was a there's recently an article in the Vancouver Sun, and we're just we're talking about it called, yeah. and this is so over the top. <laughs> it's called "Fear, Greed, Broken Dreams: How Early Sports Specialization Is Eroding Youth Sports." Like, uh, relax. Like, they're not dying. Yeah. Like they're they're fine. Exactly. The kids are good. Yeah. Um, but they're still making it out to be some some you know it's like a bird sure. box or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so what like what what is going on? What kind of uh, harmful emotional consequences there are? So that's the thing. They don't really have a ton of research on this. There's some studies that have suggested. So there's one study that has suggested it could lead to dropout, but that yeah. wasn't looking at early specialization in particular. They they just looked at. Um, kind of sport participation patterns and they found that those who participated in dry land training sooner and kind of like year-round training sooner were more likely to drop out than those who did not but that's not early specialization necessarily dry land uh so this was in swimmers okay okay so dry land training was um you know like strength training endurance training outside of the pool Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so those who engaged in that earlier were more likely to drop out well that's not anywhere in the definition of early specialization necessarily. Right. Um, so you could argue, like, is there really a direct link there or is it just kind of, and I mean, the the authors are, my supervisor, 
Dr. Jessica Fraser Thomas. And she said, I never said that. Like people completely took it out of context and said early specialization leads to dropout. And, and she'll, she'll be the first one to say like that. I didn't really look at early specialization and we just said it, it may like the, the pathway that they followed could potentially lead to, but there was no guaranteed that this was a link and people kind of jumped on that. There's also a study looking at burnout. So that's, um, not necessarily stopping the sport, but like kind of losing your passion in the sport, I would say. Mm. Um, and it was the same type of thing. They were specifically looking at early specialization, but they just found that they had higher levels of emotional exhaustion. There's a lot more to burnout than just emotional exhaustion, but people kind of jumped on that same, that one sentence, and suddenly every paper is citing that early specialization leads to right. dropout and burnout. And right. I mean, yeah, people, and like myself included, I think we're all guilty of it, is kind of we pick and choose what fits our narrative and mm-hmm. we stick to it. Yep. But at the same time, we have to call call people out on it and not even call yeah. ourselves out on it when yeah. we do it because I'm sure we've all been guilty of it. For sure. Um, but yeah, so the problem is, is pretty clear. It's not, it's not like we can uh, define what early specialization is just yet. And it's not like we mm-hmm. know exactly how harmful or how beneficial it is. Right. We're just kind of speculating and, and latching on to exactly. the quotes. Yeah. So I would say, I'm not saying early specialization is good or bad. I don't, there's not enough research out there. I'm not an expert. You're saying let's slow down on the hate. Exactly. Against, uh, yeah. I'm saying right. why is it the bad guy when we have very little kind of empirical evidence actually saying that it's so bad for you. There is definitely some evidence out there, but there is also studies coming out now that are saying you're just as likely to experience overuse injuries, whether you're specializing or not, or that it's not necessarily linked. Uh, I know someone's dissertation is coming out and it's saying that it's environment that's much more important than whether you're specializing or not. It's it's whether you're enjoying yourself and right. um, that's not related necessarily to early specialization. So there's definitely stuff coming out saying there's a definitely a discussion kind of starting that um early specialization may not be kind of as as bad as we've made it out to be but it's definitely painted like you said in that title like it Mm -hmm. breaks children and like i don't i don't think we can say that yeah it's like just give it a rest yeah relax a little yeah i'm not saying anyone's right or wrong i'm not saying i mean don't ask me if you're a parent what your child should do i'm saying we don't know the answers to that Mm -hmm. and so i think the best you could do is just make sure that your kid's having fun I mean, if they love hockey, is it more harmful to say, no, no, you have to go play soccer even though you hate it because early specialization is bad for you? Right. Right? Like, right. It doesn't also depend on the kid. And yeah. And also, when, when they're diversifying, and like in this age of, of, um, of like I, I feel bad saying it, but in this age of like psycho parents who, who, <laughs> all, who all think that their kids are going to be oh, yeah. the, the next Crosby. Yeah. Uh, if they put their kids in multiple sports, they're just going to – they're just going to force them to specialize in multiple sports. Yeah. Like th- when you put your kid in soccer, hockey, and volleyball, if you're that type of parent, which mm-hmm. I, I would assume that that's the vast majority of parents, yeah. sport parents, yeah, are they really going to tell their kids like, hey, uh, the the point of this uh, sampling is that you can increase your physical literacy yeah. and, be, <laughs> and uh, be exposed to different skills? No, they're going to be like, you're making it out of one of these three sports, yeah. so go try your hardest. Yeah, now we have a one in three chance of you getting that college scholarship right. to the States because you, you're playing three sports at an elite level rather than one. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So my question is, are we really, um, are we really like advising against early specialization because it's bad or because we know that uh, diversifying is good? Because there's a difference. There is. And I would say we can't say diversifying is good. There's, Mm. I would say, I mean, again, I'm no expert, but there's 
no research really looking at the benefits of multi-sport participation. Um, there, there is suggestions of, you know, transfer. You can get better in your sport because the spatial awareness you need in, in basketball is similar to the spatial awareness you need in hockey or something like that. And mm-hmm. so you can kind of transfer those skills over. So from a tactical or technical skill standpoint, there's potential there. But from a psychological, social emotional standpoint there's i'd say almost no evidence saying that multi-sport is the way to go it's Mm. it's basically what we've done is taken the idea that if early specialization is bad then multi-sport has to be good and there's zero out there that really supports that that's true and also i think don't we have to ask ourselves what's the point of sport participation to begin with before we choose like if you're a parent and uh, and listen like if you want your kid to make it to be a professional athlete like uh, i'm not like i don't when I say psycho parents, I mean like, <laughs> oh, if you want your kid to succeed in sport, therefore you're a psycho. No. Yeah. If you're abusive and you take it to the extreme levels, of right. course. Yeah. But um, if the point of sport participation is to make it to the elite level, then you're going to have to consider your options differently than if you're just enrolling your kid to, it, to have them enjoy sport. Absolutely. It's, it's a completely individualized, I'd yeah. say, decision that mm-hmm. we're kind of forcing people as to make a group decision. We're saying early specialization is bad, but maybe for a small pop percentage of the population or specialization is exactly what they need. And that's how they're going to be the most well-adjusted, happiest, mm-hmm. successful kid that they can be is right. by playing that one sport that they love as much as they can. Right. Um, and so I think it, it's potentially harmful to turn around to that child and say, no, you can't do that. You also have to play soccer and basketball because mm-hmm. early specialization is bad for you. And I, I think it's, yeah, 100% individualized and you need to take a step back and say, well, why am I putting my child in sport? And, and once you have that, that can kind of guide your decision a little more. And, and even if it is to become an elite level, just because you specialized at six doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to become an NHL player. Right. Um, there's, there is evidence out there saying that early specialization is not actually the way you become an elite athlete. And you're just as likely if you play many different sports. Um, That's true. So, okay. So has there been uh, like research looking at comparing diversifying to specializing and saying which one offers the best way? Or the best path to, to like being a pro? There's definitely retrospective. So they get people who are pros now and say, what did you do? And I mean, I think one of the studies was 46% had sampled. So you can look at it either way. You can say, well, 46%, that's a pretty high number. Or you can look at it and say, well, that's not even half. Right. So it, I mean, it depends. Um, there is definitely research coming out that's saying it's not required to become an elite. Um, but there's also people saying, well, early specialization is a kind of a booming trend right now. And the reason you're not seeing this is because you're interviewing people from 40 years ago right. when early specialization wasn't really happening. Mm. So obviously you're not going to see a trend of people specializing early. Right. And so give it 20 years and do the same retrospective looking back and what did you do? You're going to see way more children who said, no, I played hockey 24-7. Right. So do you think that's the case? Do you think more kids are specializing these days or diversifying? Because on one hand, like you said, you have parents like the ones you interact with and they say, yeah. oh, my kid has to play a lot of sports. Yeah. But then also you have a lot of parents who are like, no, my kid's sticking to one sport because this is how, you know, he's going to make it. Yeah. What do you think, if you were to estimate, and yeah. of course it's only an estimation. Yeah, complete Yeah. Complete guess. I don't know. It, it's hard to say. I think, I would say probably the children who are specializing are doing it to more of an extreme. But then I would say the vast majority are playing many different sports. And I know we've kind of bounced around the topic of multi-sport specialization and how that's completely missed when we divide it into you're an early specializer or you're a diversifier. Mm -hmm. Well, what about those kids who are specializing in two or three sports? Because it is happening. They're, They're dedicating, you know, 
five hours a week to this and five hours a week to that. And so they're they're actually p- spending more time in two sports mm-hmm. individually than one child playing one sport sometimes. And so we're seeing that. So I think there's a lot more going on than just early specializers and diversifiers. Mm-hmm. So do you think like uh, if a parent was listening or or a coach or anything and, and they hear all those harmful uh, things about early specialization, mm-hmm. how, how would you want them to interpret all of that? How do you want them to approach all these yeah, I think uh, I think you need to I think you need to kind of take it all with a grain of salt and understand within the research we don't even have a definition of early specialization. So mm-hmm. before you're thinking of whether it's good or bad, you have to figure out what it is. Um, and so that's kind of what my research is really focusing on is like, well, mm-hmm. let's come up with a definition of early specialization, and then once we have that, we can go into whether it's harmful or beneficial or what children should be doing. Um, so I think as a coach, you need to step back and say, well, what aspects of early specialization may be harmful? And if it is overtraining and and um, like intensity of training, well, you can easily manage that from a coaching perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And you can still have a kid playing one sport and not getting injured because you're you're training them properly and diversifying the training, right? Um, so I, I think that would be something for coaches mm-hmm. to consider. Again, I don't think you can say either way whether children should specialize or diversify. It's mm-hmm. it's a completely individualized decision and. I think if you see a child is unhappy in the sport that they're playing, maybe talk to them about why and see, is it they're doing too much or is it they just don't like the sport in general? Like, Right. I, sometimes you just don't like playing something, not because you're doing too much of it. Maybe you just don't like it. Yeah, you just don't enjoy the sport. So. Yeah, I've seen it a lot in, in, um, in kids. Like sometimes when I tutor kids in elementary school or even early high school and uh, they come to me in the afternoon when I'm teaching them and they're absolutely dead. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, what's wrong? Like a rough day at school. He's like, no, well, I, you know, I woke up at six for soccer practice and then went to school, and I actually just came back from hockey practice after. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, at least maybe you know, we'll go home and take a nap or something. He's like, no, I got basketball at night. Yeah. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. Well, you're just gonna burn out in, in like two years max. Exactly, and so that's the whole problem with like this multi-sport thing is you're just completely overscheduling kids, and I think the kind of main when you go back to the very beginning, what they were trying to get at by the sampling was like, do things for fun and enjoyment and it can be unstructured. Like just let your kid go Mm -hmm. play shinny with their friends and like you don't need to, it doesn't have to be organized sport. It doesn't have to be structured. It doesn't have to be five times a week and your kids can still get the benefits of it. And I think that's part of the problem is this like overscheduled kind of generation that you're seeing at a young age um, where if they're participating in something, it has to be adult-led structured supervised practice and i don't think that's the case kids are way too over scheduled these days oh yeah it's a lot different than when we were growing up i think so and like we're not like the gap between us and the kids isn't even that big no but it just seems like it's like their experiences are a lot different than ours yeah you know what i mean like uh, the kids i see are are just insanely over over scheduled with school with everything and it's like well are you gonna be you know like what are you getting out of it at the end yeah Right, like the chance of making it to the pros is less than two percent. Yep. Um. So, is that what you're hoping for? Are you just hoping for a college scholarship? Yeah. Are you, like, are you trying for an education? Like, at the end, what are you getting? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they're getting much. No, I know, and I think the problem with overscheduling is like kids aren't necessarily having fun anymore. Like what you described, yeah. it goes from this to this to this to this. Well, where's the time for him to just like relax and have fun yeah. with his friends? And right. like I'm. Obviously, sport participation, there's there's benefits of that. We're seeing that. Um, but I just think this need to have like an adult supervised structured sport activity yeah. all the time is, is kind of the problem. And what do you think is more likely to lead to burnout? You know, a kid playing hockey once a week 
and that's considered early specialization or a kid playing three different sports and like you said waking up at 6 a.m for one sport and not coming home till 10 Mm -hmm. o'clock because of the other sports and Mm -hmm. i think that's more likely to lead to burnout of anything but right because when we uh, advocate for diversifying and playing multiple sports Mm -hmm. well and and like in the world we live in especially in canada it's like if you're a child the chances are if you're playing sport it's organized sport yeah Right, you're not 100%. just kind of kicking the ball around with your friends. You, you could, of course, but like, if you're gonna sample, chances are it's gonna be organized. Right. And so, where is the benefit in that? Yeah. Now you're just putting your kids in more uh, structured and more. Uh, yeah, and more training and more training, more psychological stress that comes along with playing at a, an elite level, mm-hmm. and so that's why I think we need to be cautious and advertising and advocating for multi-sport especially when the message has kind of been lost like sure get your kid playing many different sports but recreationally and for fun not Mm -hmm. get your kid playing five sports at an elite level right because that's kind of where the pendulum has swung is is we said early specialization is bad and so instead of kind of finding this middle ground that i think is needed people swung way too far and they went okay you can't play one sport you can play five sports Mm -hmm. but you have to be good at all of them and you have to dedicate your time and energy and training and so right uh what factor do you think malcolm gladwell's ten thousand hour rule has played <laughs> into all of this i think he was definitely a contributing factor yeah. in this early specialization um i mean within our lab we've definitely talked about the issues with right. malcolm gladwell's book but uh he grossly oversimplified a concept right a concept in musicians that wasn't even applied to sport and basically said, if you want to be an expert, do this for 10,000 hours. Mm -hmm. So then the thought process was, well, the sooner I start, the sooner I'll get to 10,000 hours, the sooner I'll be a pro. So I think it is, I think it's definitely contributed to the early specialization debate. And um, I know I was at uh, like a family function and I heard some of my cousins talking about like when they heard what I did, talking about Malcolm Gladwell and Mm -hmm. outliers. And I just had to kind of bite my tongue and yeah, it was a good Good book. And, you know, meanwhile, yeah, I think it's a huge cause of a lot of the early specialization. Right. And that's the thing about it is, like, it was based on musicians. They were violinists, I think. Yeah. And then everyone just took it and applied it to everything. Yeah. And then even though there's been a lot of research since then showing, like, um, no, you don't need 10,000 hours hour rule. Actually, sometimes it takes 2,000 hours. It depends on a lot of things. It depends on you. depends on the growth of the sport, on many things. Funding. But... For some reason, that's stuck around, and I think it's, it continues to to be predominant. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I think someone just needs to write a book on the <laughs> the problem with the ten thousand hours yeah, theory, or, and yeah, because I feel like if you don't put it in like a quote or like a uh, like a catchphrase, like ten thousand hour rule, yeah, then it's not going to stick around. Yeah, even and though it's true, th- that's the problem, right? People aren't reading the research, so mm-hmm. we need that kind of like knowledge mobilization. We call it or like dissemination to yeah. be like. No, the research is actually saying 10,000 hours is not the baseline. It's so much more context-specific than that. Mm-hmm. And we need a catchy way of packaging that and sending it that's out to the masses. Us. That's not on people. No, for sure. It's our, it's our fault. That's, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, like, um, look at, like, there's so much good research going. And that's kind of why I started this show is because, like, I want to get that out there. Yeah. Because um, if we just rely on ourselves as researchers for people to, to hear our, our what we have to yeah. say... It's never going to get out. Yeah, come ever. read my boring 20-page yeah. jargon-filled study. Yeah, on... hey, come pay 55 <laughs> bucks for my paper Yeah, on on the journal of whatever. Yeah, no, no I think gonna do that. that's why what you're doing with this is really important because you're getting people kind of who are on the ground mm-hmm. doing the research to come and 
put it in practical terms like yeah. how, how does how does this relate to everyone else yeah and there's so a lot good. of people listening too there's like over seven so it's <laughs> yeah it's blowing up it is yeah yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think uh, you had like 10 the other day i was like whoa yeah yeah i might hit 11 Double after digits. this one yeah i might there hit 11 go. actually so. first female uh, yeah i mean first female 2019 <laughs> uh things are getting going so yeah. it's, it's good exactly um so moving back a bit to diversifying mm-hmm. um if you had a child theoretically speaking yeah. what like how would you approach this thing because yeah. you've played sports your entire life yeah you come from a family who all play sports coaches all that yeah how would you approach this that's a great question and i've definitely wondered that yeah. i mean studying elite sport the more we study it the more i'm like i would never put my child through this it's it's not a life it's not a nice life to live it's way better to play recreationally and and have friends and and go from there so so that's kind of one thing so i think that makes the decision a little easier because what's the point in specializing if right. if you're not planning on becoming an elite athlete but what if you are <laughs> but what if you are like if my kid's not an elite yeah. athlete i might have just to owning might, yeah i might have to own yeah yeah um i definitely think it's an individualized and Sure, at like four years old, you're picking the sports you want your kids to play. And I'd probably Mm. put them in hockey and basketball because those were my favorites. And, you know, you kind of see what they like. Um, But I think once they're old enough to kind of have a voice from themselves, you know, around six or seven, do you want to play this? Do you like playing Mm -hmm. this? Do you like going every Tuesday to play basketball? No? Okay, well, what are we going to do? And and then I I think you just kind of let their their skills dictate what you do. If if they – potentially have a chance of becoming elite great if they want to pursue that great what do we do to kind of pursue that but i don't think you need to force it you going and saying your child better be elite or else better like yeah not harmful at all or or he's not my child yeah (laughs) but um yeah it's it's crazy especially when you look at the stats and how likely you are to make it to the pros yeah why why would you try I, mean, I think I think it's two percent, and that's not accounting for international players. I think yeah. that's only for North American. Yeah. Like I think last time I read it, like the North American kid has a two percent chance of making it. Yeah. And then when you account for all the international players coming from Europe and South America and all that, yeah. the chance decreases a bit more. Oh yeah. And so you have to really approach it in that sense. Like my kid has a ninety-eight percent chance chance of he's failing. not making it. So let's approach this in the in the you know with like. With the least harm yeah. uh, possible. And I think that's also something that kind of needs to get out there to the parents. Um, I mean, you talk to any child or sorry, any parent whose child plays hockey, for example, they all mm-hmm. think their kid's next Crosby going yeah. to the NHL, no problem. And so I think that idea of like realism needs to come in and mm-hmm. it does need to be out there more like, no, your chances of making it are less than 2%. Let's kind of be realistic here. How yeah. many How many kids is that not just like within the area, like on the team, what is the chance of just being the best player on your team mm-hmm. and then kind of go from there. And and I think if parents were more realistic about, yeah, what the outcome is going to be for their kid, mm-hmm. it would probably be a lot easier to make decisions and we probably wouldn't see as much, you know, early specialization because everyone would just be doing it for fun. Yeah. But I also think that's pretty idealistic and people are competitive and they always want their kid to be the best and you can tell them a million times you have a less than 2% chance of making it and they're going to say, okay, well, I'm going to be that 2%. Mm-hmm. So, Like one of my favorite uh, questions that athletes get asked sometimes in interviews is like, when did you know that you really <laughs> have a shot at, at becoming an elite athlete? Yeah. And what I know is, and this is of course anecdotal, but like 
what I've noticed is none of them said, oh, when I was like 10, oh, no. when I was nine. No. It's always like, uh, you know, like around high school when I f- was finishing high school, I kind of. Yeah. Like, you know, when I made idea. the junior national team, I had yeah. an idea that I'm like, I might have a shot right. kind of thing. And so like these are pro athletes who made it to the top of the top levels. Yeah. And they're telling you they didn't even know that they were capable of doing this until they were that old. Yeah. But we're saying to four or five year olds, no, you're going to be. Yeah. I mean, if if you're not going to listen to the pros, who are you going to listen to? Yeah. No, I I think you could get into a whole other debate on like talent yeah. identification and how mm-hmm. you know whether your kid's actually going to make it. And mm-hmm. we don't know that. You have no yeah. way of knowing six years old, little Johnny's going to be in the NHL or not. I mean, you yeah. might have a feeling. Sure, they might have some innate skills in them that you think, okay, this could work. But yeah. And there's some prodigies, of course. Yeah, but of th- course. These are like very rare. And that's why they're called prodigies because they don't yeah. come often. Yeah. So And so do you change your entire training schedule or um, around that? Is that as soon as you see like a tiny bit of skill in your six-year-old, are you supposed to force them to specialize right. and put all their eggs in one basket and mm. think that they're going to be elite in one sport and overtrain in that sport? Like, yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> and it does seem like we don't know enough about the, about the physiology of specialization itself. Yeah. Right? Like. Of course, field of physiology is really massive, and like we know a lot about injuries. But when it comes to this particular area, it's kind of niche. Like, when you're specializing, what should you avoid? How old you should be when you're doing this and that? Mm-hmm. We don't know any of this. Yeah, and there's definitely a, I'd say, small group of researchers kind of pushing the field in a sports medicine, especially that is pushing this whole overuse injury. Um, and like not to get too technical, but when you look at their sports specialization scale and what they actually use to identify a specialization, it misses everything we talked about before. If you're recreational, you're going to be compared just the same as if you're an elite athlete or, you know, if you're training 10 hours a week, you're the same spe- degree of specialization as mm-hmm. someone training two hours a week because because of the question, the three questions that they they ask essentially to get they give you a low, moderate, or high specialization score mm-hmm. based off of three questions. And I'd say the three questions that they use are not the best indicators of what early specialization is. It's not valid. Like the, the yeah, I would argue it's not valid. valid. Right. And it hasn't never been validated, but people kind of latched onto it and have used it consistently. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my biggest problem with it is they're talking about specialization but they they never talk about early specialization nowhere in the questionnaire does it ask like how old you are or Mm -hmm. what age you specialized it's it's three questions did you quit other sports to focus on one sport um do you participate i think more than eight months per year and then do you focus on only one sport those are the three those are the three questions how how does that determine whether you're an early specializer or not i don't know there's lots of problems there yeah, it's really on the surface kind of stuff. Yeah, right. and I mean, if you're not even asking how old they are, how how are we saying early specialization is a bad thing? Maybe right. it's just specialization in general. Well, that's right. a whole other mm-hmm. you know can of worms to open. Um, what was I going to ask you? This will be cut out. Don't yeah, worry. yeah, this will definitely be edited. <laughs> this will be edited. Um, no, but w- what I was going to say is. Um, when we're talking about kind of like the hours you have to put in and and all that, I think that's still the predominant way of thinking in today's society. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, when is my kid going to get his hours in? Yeah, and that's the that's the problem. But uh, do you think that eventually, over time, and this is what I was going to ask ask you, what I just <laughs> said before that was all bullshit. I was just this is filler. Okay, start again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, this is what I'm going to ask you. Okay, I'm such a pro. Um, do you think eventually we will reach a time where 
people will actually pay attention to both sides of the argument and i'm talking about people in, in the in the mainstream media yeah. not not within research yeah um like do you think the clarity will be out there people will start to pay attention to both sides of the argument or do you think well, we're gonna stick with the um you know ten thousand hours versus no you have to sample a lot yeah and there's no a healthy medium I would love to say that I think we will get to a healthy medium. I, I don't think it's any time in the near future. And I think there's always going to be those parents that don't listen. And they're like, I don't care what you say. I know yeah. that if I put him in 10 hours of hockey a week, he's going to make it in the NHL. And mm-hmm. I put in 10 hours a week and I made it to the NCAA or right. whatever. And, and they're going to take their own evidence and, and mm-hmm. ignore it. Um, I'm also not sure if the media would ever jump on the idea that early specialization is okay. Um, I don't really know kind of what the agenda would be. I guess the more kids participating in more sport is is always a good thing um, for from from like a bottom line perspective. Right. Um, so I would like to say that we'd get to kind of a, a medium, but I I don't know. I, I think it would. I think it's hard for people to change something that they've heard for so long, right? right? Like if you are saying early specialization is bad and they've latched onto this, I think it would take a lot more to convince them otherwise. Mm. True. Know. Yeah. Like like changing people's beliefs, it's pretty difficult. It can be pretty difficult to do, right? Like, yeah. That's true, especially when it's so ingrained in people. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely true. But it's also, you know, it's been done yeah. a lot of times, especially yeah. when it comes to, like, diets. <laughs> yeah. You ever notice that, like, yeah. uh, like, bread and rice were always the go-to things and like these are the things that you should be eating yeah and like they're the most important thing in, in, the, in the food guide in the food guide and yeah. now it's like no we're moving away from it and yeah slowly but surely people are starting to yeah but how long did that take yeah long, long right time. like that's that's like decades to right. make does, to yeah. make that change and mm-hmm. research has been saying that for a mm-hmm. like it's just been a small kind of camp quietly saying that so it definitely took right like more of a push and i think that's what's going to happen is there's going to be a small camp of us saying you know slow down here early specialization we can't say whether it's good or bad let's look at it and then who knows maybe it is maybe it is the worst thing your child can do but yeah and i'm not saying it's not i'm just saying we can't say either way yet mm-hmm. and there, there needs to be more so who knows yeah maybe 10 years from now when there's more research out on the subject we can yeah. when i go to ladies league the p- person will be like oh my kid's specializing because it's not as bad for you anymore and right i don't know who knows but the problem is that we well, always want like black or white we don't we never yeah. want the gray area exactly and it's but that's where we have to look oh 100 percent. yeah i think it's it's such a, an individualized decision mm. and i think that almost might be the better option is not giving opinions either way and saying you decide based on your child based on his interests, based on his talents based on whatever mm-hmm. what you want them to do and why are we stepping in and telling you how to parent mm-hmm. i mean when you were growing up that. did you play a lot a lot of sports yep I played soccer, basketball, and hockey, mm-hmm. and then I played like volleyball at school and right. like high school. Um, and so I, I had this basically the same thing. I was playing basketball and hockey competitively, both of them, and it was like, okay, now around 14, you need to make a decision strictly from like a time perspective. Like I would go to a basketball tournament in London and then rush home for a playoff um, hockey game and be like dressing in the car. Right. And then, and so my parents were like, okay, we're, we're not doing this. You need to pick one. But that happened when I was 14, mm-hmm. when the time commitment was growing. And you know, if, yeah, if you want to be an elite, 
100% you have to specialize. You you, you can't not. It, the, specialize the, at one point. At not, one point, exactly. Or, yeah. That's that's the issue is you do need to specialize to become elite. No one's arguing that. That's mm-hmm. 100% agreed upon. You need to put in the hours. You need to train. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to do it at six. You don't have to do it at seven. We don't really know when you have to do it, but we're saying the problem is doing it too soon. Too soon, yeah. And so, yeah, it was like 14. They were like, you need to make a decision. And so, yeah, I, I was definitely a multi-sport mm-hmm. person. Nice. But, uh, so th- my problem also with, with diversifying and playing a lot of sports is mm-hmm. uh, we always advocate for it. Not we, because I've, I've never done any of that. <laughs> uh, actually, I don't know much about the area in general. Yeah. But um, it's always advocated for um, put your kids in a lot of sports, let them have fun, all that. But where are the kids, where are the people going to get the money to do all that? Yeah. Like uh, people are struggling to put their kids in one sport. Yeah. And and that's definitely something that's kind of been talked about is from like a socioeconomic standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um if all this research does say that early specialization is bad and we mandate that kids have to play more than one sport, you're making sport unaccessible for yeah. a large percentage of the population because right. they can't afford to put their kid in one sport. And they're being told they're a bad parent because their kid's only playing one sport right. when that might not be the case. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's definitely an interesting kind of way of looking at things as well when you, when you add the, the economic fast, factor mm-hmm. to it. That's true. And there's a lot of barriers like uh, the, the average Canadian – Makes 35, I think, a year, something like that. Mm-hmm. And what do you want to put the kids in two or three sports? Well, in, if you're looking at like an elite level sport, you could be dropping like five grand for your Each. kids to be playing an, an, a sport just yeah. because of gym mm-hmm. costs and then registration costs. And you got to pay for. You're driving all the time. Yeah. Gas. Hotels, if you're Hotels. staying in. Uh, so, yeah, it, it can definitely yeah. add up. So, that's kind of another reason I say we have to be cautious when we're advocating for multi-sport because you're making a percentage of the population feel like they're not good enough because their kid's only playing one sport mm-hmm. when we don't know if that's bad for them or not. Maybe mm-hmm. that's exactly what they need. Right. That's true. And there's no evidence that's going to make them more likely to be elite. No. So. Yeah. It's definitely evidence challenging that for yeah. sure. So it's definitely a uh, uh, can of worms, like you said. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't see you at all being involved <laughs> in this because I would just lose my mind all the time. You'd be yelling at people and yeah, yeah. That's I don't know. That's why you just gotta kind of like see who you're talking to and if they're open to talking about well, why do you mm-hmm. think your kid needs to play five sports? That's great. And if they're not, then you just kind of like okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. If that's what you think, then we'll let you. I don't think that. <laughs> so like the main conclusion that like if people listening they have kids in sport or their coaches yeah. themselves is. Uh, they should take it on a case-by-case basis, yeah. right? See what kind of training they're going through. Look more at the intensity and the volume rather than how many sports yeah. they're playing or not playing. Yeah, I think the, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. And I think not necessarily just automatically saying early specialization is bad, my kid's not going to do it. I, I'm not advocating for it. I'm not advocating against it. I'm just saying we, we can't really say right. either way. And so, yeah, I think if you take it on a case-by-case basis and just, you know, check in with your kid if they're happy and enjoying it, then mm-hmm. I don't really necessarily see the harm in that. Yeah. God Play, bless. Playing one sport. Do whatever you want, man. <laughs> just don't, don't abuse your kids and <laughs> yeah. and treat them like they're, you know, uh, Connor McDavid already. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Oh, my gosh. Have you seen there's videos of, like, riots at hockey games between parents yeah. just because – so it, it's wild. So then – 
that makes me think, you know, that's the audience I'm talking to. Those are the people I'm trying to tell. Your kid's not going to be elite mm-hmm. and and you need to consider kind of their their sport participation and you, you I don't know, it's right. it's definitely scary to think that that's sometimes the audience that I'm trying to reach. <laughs> in in Russia there was a fight between two hockey dads at the rink. Yeah. And one of them pulled a gun and shot the other one in the head. Oh my god. But the bullet just kind of grazed that guy's <laughs> head and so it didn't kill him. Oh, okay. So he lived. Well, that's but that's you know but that's what we're up against yeah that's that's who you're trying to talk to and say like hold on a second let's mm-hmm. think here and they definitely don't yeah put your gun away and then let's talk a little bit and yeah maybe we can figure something out exactly yeah i mean i hope that's not going on in canada this does sound more like a <laughs> uh, cultural thing than anything else than yeah. a hockey thing yeah. yeah yeah for sure um but yes the parents of there are they, they gotta be careful and and don't don't overwork your kids. Don't don't overschedule them. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with you, letting your kid go play outside. I, I get there's safety concerns. Um, so, well, did you hear what the kid? Sorry, interrupt. But did you no. hear the kid? Um, I think it was it was in Canada. The parent that got their kid taken away because they let them walk home from school. Yeah, yeah, I did hear about that because like, it was like child endangerment or something like that. Yeah. And meanwhile, all our parents are like, I walked to school uphill both ways. I know. I'm like, Mom, can you pick me up? She's like, no, walk, idiot. I'm like, all right. Yeah. So I just walked. Yeah. No, that was that was definitely interesting. And I know, like, there is child safety concerns. And we're not saying, you know, go let your kid play mm. at the park at 9 o'clock at night by himself. That's exactly what I'm telling you to do. Like, yeah. no, that's not what we're saying. But I don't think there's anything wrong with, yeah, bringing your kid to a field and letting them play soccer. And maybe you're the supervisor and you're not coaching. You're just watching to make sure there's no, like, pedophiles around yeah but letting them play and have fun and decide the structure the way they want to mm-hmm. I, like i don't see anything wrong with that it's true what were you gonna say before uh, you probably forgot <laughs> i forget right? yeah you probably forgot <laughs> yeah but uh yeah i think that's the main main point that maybe like it's important yeah. to get across and right? obviously i'm not a parent and i'm not pretending that it's easy mm-hmm. to make parenting decisions a full disclosure i don't plan on being a parent ever so don't, don't take my advice yeah with a grain don't listen to it at all yeah I can um, <laughs> myself. Yeah, so I think I, I'm not saying it's easy and, and I'm not criticizing parents. And mm-hmm. I mean, we made jokes about like psycho parents and obviously right. we all know examples of parents who do take it a little too far. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, for the most part, if, you're, if your kid's happy, there's nothing wrong with just kind of talking to them and letting them make the decision. And, and whatever mm-hmm. decision you make, I think you just kind of have to be comfortable with it and just make sure that your kid's okay. And I mean, don't overcomplicate it too much. Yeah. I don't and know. Hey, I mean, if he makes it, or she makes it. Yeah. I mean, and if they do and you want to come, right? yeah, and you want to come tell me that it was multi-sport that did it or early specialization was the key, yeah. like, I'm more than open to talking about that kind of thing. But then that would still be just a case-by-case basis again. Yeah. Like your kid made it because he, exactly. he or she did this. Yeah. Another kid might benefit differently. Yeah. And I know watching this back, I'm going to realize that I contradict myself like a million times. No, and but sometimes th- I sound like I'm for it and against it. And I think the point is we don't know. But and- exactly. That's, that's the whole point of this is not to say that uh no this is black or white is to say like yeah before you take anyone's advice yeah consider both sides of the argument exactly because there's evidence for both yeah and evidence for either option sampling or specializing yeah. is kind of shaky yeah and just kind of be aware that there is kind of this movement to yeah. reinvestigate early specialization and i know there was an editorial released recently where the guy was like i my kid specializes and he's doing just fine and i specialized and i'm doing just fine and i think mm-hmm. we need to look at it exactly on a case-by-case basis and right. i think we need to get rid of titles like fear greed and broken dreams about early specialization right. like that's yeah. definitely not helping mm-hmm. kind of 
bring things back to the middle in any way. So, yeah. That's true. You're calling out this guy who's uh, <laughs> uh, on Vancouver Sun. I'm not calling him out. If you're listening, hey, yeah, give me a job. Thanks for me. listening. Give me, give me a job, please. Sorry. But yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. That's, that's I'm, I'm, I'm not calling him out necessarily. I just think no, but, uh, I, those are really even, strong words yeah. for very little evidence, I would say. Yeah, and that's probably not know. even the the writer. Not not no. even the author. It's probably just the... No, you need a catchy title. Yeah, the, the, the editor-in-chief. The editor was like, no, this is not going to catch people's attention. Let's yeah. just title it this way. And we both know yeah. um, uh, Veronica, who, who finished her PhD, and now she's kind of in journalism yep. doing the same thing. And she submits um, manuscripts, not manuscripts, uh, posts. Yeah. And with titles, and they always edit them in a way to make it more... Exciting. Uh, and exciting catchy. and appealing and yeah. polarizing. And they edit the titles all the time, and so... Exactly, yeah. No, I'm not... I, I'm just joking. I'm not mm-hmm. attacking this this journalist no, no, for I his know. title, but yeah. but even the claims he made in the article, um, they are pretty strong, and... Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get too much into the research, but the majority of it is based on commentaries and editorials and reviews that just cite the same you know, five to 10 studies over and over again. And no one's really adding that much more to the field. We've all just mm-hmm. kind of latched onto the idea that it's bad and and kind of ran with it. And mm-hmm. and I think popular media is doing that. And there was, I noticed recently on Twitter, a debate that kind of broke out between early specialization. And it gets pretty heated because people have their own opinions, but then they have their own stories of what worked for them and what didn't. And mm-hmm. I, I'm on Twitter, but I, I, I personally haven't, I hate I haven't jumped into it because, yeah, it can get yeah. really personal. Some of the stuff, they ended up, like, attacking the person's, like, character. And I, I was know. like, hold on here. We're just talking about, like, sports. I can't stand Twitter. <laughs> I hate it so much. And, like, I'm on there because I feel like I have to. Yeah. Because everyone's on there. Yeah, and you got to promote the podcast. Got to promote my, co- of course. So I got over uh, 20 <laughs> followers, so I got to promote it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, Twitter is a cesspool. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> but it can also, it can be a place for good discussion. Yeah. But then the discussion can also go completely off the rails. Yeah. But I, th- but I think it is important for academics to use Twitter in a way that kind of opens up the conversation. And mm-hmm. I know uh, Joe, our supervisor, after every class we had in this, the about talent and skill, he would put out a question what do you think about this? Or we had a great discussion in class about this. What are people's opinions? And mm-hmm. you do get some responses. Yeah, 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 for sure. Sometimes it is a helpful discussion, mm-hmm. but then, yeah, sometimes it can go completely yeah. wrong. <laughs> I guess in a way to Twitter, like you can do what you can to kind of limit all that negativ- negativity mm-hmm. and keep it just like what you want to get out of it. For, yeah. for example, I can only follow like, you know, seven, eight people if that's all I want and mm-hmm. I can get the benefit out of it. Yeah. But uh, a lot of times it's like you can't escape uh, the, the, I don't know, yeah, the shitstorm, I <laughs> yeah. guess, for lack of a better term. No, yeah. sure. Um, yeah, anything else that you want to bring up? Anything you want to uh, plug? ESEPs? ESEPs, no. yeah. We can plug ESEPs. I got this conference going on. We have a conference going on, Eastern yeah. Canada Sport and Exercise Psychology Symposium. Mm-hmm. York is hosting it this year. It'll be in Vaughan. You can check out the website. You yep. can link it in the YouTube. Yeah, I'll link it. Uh, <laughs> link it in the box we'll get below. Some random people who sign up. Like, <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, no, I think not even specific to early specialization. I guess the kind of like take home message is like just mm-hmm. be skeptical of what you're reading and understand that there's there's two sides to every story. And just because one is kind of the loud one that's being promoted in the media doesn't necessarily mean. It's it's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's I all propaganda that's... from the Soviets. Exactly. Yeah. 
that's, yeah, we got to be careful of that yeah, for sure. So it always is. <laughs> but um, yeah, thanks a lot for doing this, Ariel. I Thank appreciate you. it. I it was hope fun. this was fun. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks. <laughs>